and welcome to BA Brew and it's our new season. I'm Debbie. I'm Charlotte. And I'm Christina. And we're really excited today to welcome Charlotte from Tailored Thinking. Christina and I included the subject of job crafting in our book, Delivering Business Analysis. And Charlotte's company and Charlotte herself, I know are particularly passionate about this subject. So Charlotte, could you kick us off with a description of job crafting and what it's all about, please? Yeah, so job crafting is an approach to personalising work to make small changes to our jobs that really help bring out our strengths, our passions and our experiences. Um, so you can think about job crafting like a semi-tailored suit, really. So it's not necessarily about making radical changes to your suit jacket, such as removing the arms or completely changing the material, and but actually making smaller adjustments so that it fits people better and make it a more comfortable fit. And that's essentially um, what it is that we're talking about with, with work. So job crafting is not always necessarily about making huge monumental changes, but actually making small adjustments that can have the greatest impact. Um, there are typically five ways in which we find that people job craft. So the first way is around task crafting, so tangibly changing aspects of how you undertake your work. So that can include redesigning, adding or removing tasks. Secondly, relationship crafting, so um, reshaping how we view the relationships that we have with the people that we work with. So that could be building on our existing relationships uh, or adapting or adding new relationships. Thirdly is purpose crafting, so reframing how we think about our work in terms of the value and the significance that it brings to us personally. The fourth type is skill crafting, so developing new skills or redefining our, our existing skills. And then the final type is well-being crafting, so finding ways to boost our physical and mental well-being through work. And it's actually estimated that around 40% of workers are job crafting. Uh, and if you're anything like me, you were job crafting before you even knew that you were doing it. Um, and I'm fairly certain that probably a lot of us uh, who were working through the pandemic actually changed the ways in which we worked, whether we changed where we worked, how we worked, the times at which we worked, how we communicated with, with other people. So um, I would say um, we're potentially much more familiar with job crafting uh, from our recent experiences, even if we haven't coined it uh, as, as job crafting officially. That's really interesting. Thank you for that introduction. And I don't know about you, Christina, but to me, job crafting seems such a relevant approach for our times. What do you think? I think it's really relevant for right now with the kind of context of a lot of people rethinking how they feel about their jobs, what they want to be doing in future. But I think it's really relevant for business analysts always because business analysis is a broad role. People like different aspects of the role. And something that we've talked about before, Debbie, is the idea of being well-rounded versus T-shaped. And I think job crafting has got a role to play there. Yes. Yeah, I, I think that's really interesting because to my way of thinking, you have to make a role your own in some ways. And in doing mm -hmm. that, this might sound a bit odd, but you sort of make yourself your own. It's almost... It's, it's a little bit like Maslow's self-actualization at the top of his motivation pyramid, that sense that actually if you're passionate about something and you can develop that part of the work that you do in your skills, then actually everybody benefits. Is, is that right, Charlotte? Is that the sort of thing that happens? Yeah, absolutely. So it's um, it's a hugely personal thing. You can't typically force people to, to job craft. It often comes from, from people individually, whilst you can definitely create an environment where you encourage job craft as an organisation. But yes, we know from the research that there's long-lasting impacts of job crafting that can be around 
personal resilience uh, performance at work, uh, feeling more engaged and happy and confident at work. I guess if we take the tailored suit analogy, um, if you imagine wearing something that you feel fits really comfortably, you feel more confident wearing, when you're wearing it, you're much more likely to wear it again. You're much less likely to look for alternatives because you're pretty comfortable in what you've got. Um, and we know that job crafting has also uh, been linked to personal growth and skills development. And some re research has shown that um, amongst people who job craft, they rate their performance higher. Their managers also rate their performance higher and their customers are seeing higher levels of, of satisfaction as well. So um, I like to think of it as having both personal and organisational benefits as a whole. It feels like there's a real retention angle here that employers who are struggling to recruit great staff, um, the market is really challenging at the moment for people with digital skills. It feels like allowing people to have that flexibility and autonomy in their role is a great way of making sure that they stay in their roles longer. Absolutely, yeah. And, and I think if we've learned anything from, from the past few years, it's been just how challenging that, that market has, has been. And um, if we're talking about that kind of great resignation, yes, we're, we're definitely uh, seeing how people have, have um, quit their roles in, in numbers that we possibly quite couldn't anticipate. But actually, research tells us that that's set to continue. Um, but one of the top reasons why people are uh, saying that they're leaving work or looking to continue looking for, for other work is because they want greater flexibility and hybrid working opportunities. So people continue to want more choice over how they work, where they work, and, and when they work. And, and I would argue that um, you're probably in a great position within your current role to be able to have uh, the flexibility to, to amend your existing role rather than what we tend to do when we feel boxed in by our roles is is jump to another box because we think well it'll be better over there and I think yeah. the, the the great opportunities that job crafting brings us is to be able to to release those constraints that we often have around our jobs where we have almost these these glass walls that, that box us in where we can see these other opportunities but we can't access them um, and we yeah we often want to jump over to, to, to the next box to, to find the, the easiest opportunity whereas job crafting encourages us to say actually how can we let down those walls how can we allow people to um, to tailor their work so that we that we keep them and we retain uh, the talent that we've got rather than losing a lot of people for reasons that often we can maybe work with. Mm. Sometimes BAs feel that they're already in a bit of a turf war or that they're worried about treading on toes of other professionals. Mm. How does job crafting fit with trying to work alongside other professionals? Yeah, um, I'd say I, I recognise um, that, that that perspective there, but um, what what we also tend to see at, at Tailored Thinking is that actually people quite um, quite respect and appreciate the opportunities to job craft and for their other colleagues to job craft around them. So, uh, as an example, um, working with some teams where if you take a lot of people that on paper have the same job title, but everyone wants to do their job slightly differently because that's what we all naturally want, want to do. And people have different interests and, and, and skills and preferences. And so if you get a, a team together of people who on paper are doing the same job, but actually one person says, I really hate that element. And someone says, I love doing that. Well, actually, collectively, could we find a way in which we are all still doing the same job and, and meeting those those uh, overall goals, but actually we play to each other's strengths and, and interests. So um, I think the, the benefit of job crafting is not just looking individually, but actually looking at how that maps out across a team uh, and, and you know departments in, within an entire organisation as well. Yeah, that's the thing that was striking me when we were talking about this, is how beneficial this can be for an organisation. And, you know, certainly within ASSIST, 
people join the company and they have additional skills to the role that they've joined. Um, and then we always encourage people to try and, you know, use those skills and try and take them forward. I mean, this podcast actually came out of an idea from Tom, our producer, because of some knowledge and skills that he had that, that are beneficial to us. So people can bring that in. And actually what you then get is you get somebody who's really in the company bringing richer skills than the ones you recruited for. And that's got to be beneficial for everybody. But the other thing that strikes me about it is we talk about T-shaped professionals, as you said, Christina, and obviously the, the deep vertical bar is, is your particular set of, you know, in-depth, detailed professional skills. But the horizontal bar is that one of engagement, interaction, a broader landscape. And that's where you can then work very collaboratively with other people, because that's where the team can come together and sort of supplement each other as well as engaging with each other. So I think you can sort of see a link between that concept of T-shaping, the collaborative team that we often see in business change and in business analysis, and the job crafting concept. Mm. Does, that, does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah, and, and I've got lots of personal examples of, of working in, in teams where when you flip things on the head and you look at it differently and you look at that horizontal, it actually completely changes the way that the way that, that you work. Uh, and I see it a lot with working with other organisations as well as um, it's really easy to, um, to to stick to what you know, particularly in times of pressure or times of, of change. We hold on to what we, we know and we understand. It's kind of better the devil you know, but there's so many opportunities um, that come from actually recognising that people are more than just, um, you know, their CVs, that people bring their own lived experiences that can be incredibly helpful uh, in work in workplaces. You think of examples of, of, of roles that um, you mentioned, Tina, when we last spoke, such as, you know, fire wardens and people who are kind of GDPR champions. No one is recruiting for, for those roles necessarily, but someone has to do it and they're really important roles. And when we create an environment where we say, who's interested in doing this? What we see is people, people start to light up, don't they? So actually, that is something that I'm really passionate about. I'll do that. And that's, it was never on their job description. But if we stuck to our job descriptions, I mean, how unfulfilling would all the roles probably be? So I think there's loads of really positive examples there where there's, there's almost, you know, no downside to looking at it from that approach and seeing people as well-rounded individuals who often can bring so much more from their kind of um, out of work lives that they can bring into work. But often we don't know that about people until we really get to know them personally or until we open up those opportunities. And I think it's really tempting, particularly when you manage a team, to think I've got to bring everybody up to the same level and everybody's got to be well-rounded. And actually, if you take more of a strength-based approach and say, these are the areas that you're already really good, let's continue to invest in your development in those areas. And in those areas, you're going to excel and be much better than average. I think it allows people to feel a sense of excellence, a sense of achievement, and that gives them purpose and meaning in their role as well, rather than kind of bringing everybody up to a minimum standard in a large range of areas. Yeah. yeah. I tell you the other thing that occurs to me, I think you mentioned a role being a box and being boxed in, Charlotte, you know. And if you look at something like business analysis, over the last few years, there has been a bit of a move to boxing in. And 
and I think part of that comes because there is such a lot of uncertainty about the role in some organisations. It's almost safer to box it in, but also there have been certain movements that have sort of said, well, you know, do we need business analysis? You know, is it an overhead we can live without sort of thing? And I think that's why this is quite relevant, because what it allows you to do is say, well, actually, here are some skills that people who work as business analysts can bring that are broader skills, like critical thinking, for example. And actually, you may not find that on a job description, but in terms of what we need in the world and in the world of business, it's absolutely vital. And if somebody really values the ability to be a critical thinker and to think critically, it makes sense to use it, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. So how, how can um, people start to introduce this? So we, we used a really good example there of being a fire warden. And that's the sort of thing that organisations say, have we got any volunteers? But when somebody, when managers aren't saying looking for volunteers, how can people broach that conversation to say, I'd really like to act? Yeah, and so I say conversation is absolutely key uh, and we find that job crafting works really well in organisations where people just have that inbuilt curiosity around making their jobs better and not feeling uh, tied down to, to job descriptions. So whilst you can't kind of force anyone to, to job craft because it very much is a personal thing, you can definitely um, have conversations that are shaped around um, kind of being open to different ways of thinking. So if you look at um, progression as a, as a clear example, you may have structures in organisations around clear pathways and pipelines, but not everyone wants to be on those paths. Some people might be 90% happy with their role. They don't necessarily want to progress or have more responsibility, but they're looking for something to just better enrich their role. So a conversation uh, in a one-to-one -one around actually how can we add that extra 10% could be around looking at uh, secondment opportunities, opportunities to shadow other people, or it could be something as small as saying, I'm really happy within my role, but um, you know things are just so tight at, at the minute that I'm feeling like I don't even get a lunch break. What can we do to help you manage your day and your time and say no to things in a way that actually you get a lunch break every day? And it can be really small things, such as making sure you put it in your diary, you say no to other things and that people respect that. So I'd say the basis is very much having those open conversations. Um, I'd say what also helps is just treating it like an experiment. Um, so if you're trying job crafting for, for the first time and you're thinking, okay, so what is it that, that I want to achieve and where am I going to start? It's okay if it doesn't necessarily go to plan. That's fine. Try something out, uh, return to the um, uh, to the drawing board and, and, and reframe it and start again. And kind of, we find that being experimental helps people um, eventually get to the place that they want to be, but also helps when you explain to other people perhaps why um, you're not accepting meetings out of uh, the nine to five traditional hours or why you're not turning up to that, that, that meeting because you're trying something new. Um, and then another thing that, um, that, that really helps is to just give you, give yourself a, a, a budget. I'm at Taylor thinking we would say something as small as 10 minutes a day or an hour a week. We're not saying that job crafting means that you have to have this whole big day where you put aside all this extra time and it's something extra. Just try and do something a little bit different each day and see how it goes. I think that's a great tip because sometimes it is quite small things and sometimes they grow and develop, as you say. Um, but it does it does give people something to aim at if it's small and manageable and, and maybe just adding 
something a bit extra into a standard piece of work. The thing that strikes me is that one of the areas that's really developing that's quite aligned to business analysis is service design. And service thinking is very much about outcome and value. And design thinking is very much about divergent and convergent thinking and experimentation and feedback. And it just feels like there's a really good fit there because um, what you have is you have a situation where people, if they're focused on outcomes, which is what the service approach is about, then they might think, well, within this team, we're trying to achieve this outcome. And maybe I could bring that skill in to help achieve that outcome a bit more. And then also in, in achieving that outcome, I can might maybe think about, well, let's try it or let's try somebody else using one of their skills. So it very much aligns with that way of thinking is how I'm sort of seeing it, Charlotte. Yeah, that I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. You'll understand that, that world much more than, than I do. But um, yeah, definitely relate to that point and hear that a lot from people as well. Yeah. So... I'm sure you will say yes to this, but I'll ask the question. Do you find, you know, with individuals as well as organisations that you work with, that people feel, you know, they get benefit and, and they really feel positive about it? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, for a lot of people, it can be a it can be a light bulb moment because perhaps, as I said, people had been uh, either thinking about job crafting or, or maybe teetering on, on the edge but didn't realise that they were doing it. And then once you give it a name and it kind of gives it a status and it legitimises it, actually that can feel quite powerful for people. Um, but also just reassuring people, like I said, that, it, you know, you try something, if it doesn't work, that that's OK. Try again um, and treat it as an experiment and just be curious about it. But I think um, it, it, we really see people feeling quite empowered when they understand that they can job craft they are able to job craft you know we believe that it's a skill that everyone can develop and when we be intentional about it that's when we really when we really see the benefits but it also has benefits on on other people as well you know you can really make someone else's working experience much more enjoyable when you focus on um, making your experience enjoyable as well because you might share that experience with others if you're focused on um you know really strengthening the relationships that you have with other people at work you know, you can assume that they're going to benefit from that relationship with you as well. And um, so, yeah, definitely from a personal level, it can be quite um, fulfilling for people. And you often see benefits immediately because you can do these things tomorrow. You know, I can decide tomorrow that I'm going to spend the first 15 minutes of my day planning out the rest of my day and saying no to certain things. If that's what it is that I want to do, I'm going to decide from tomorrow that I take uh, a lunch break every day you know, what is stopping me from doing that? And that's what I mean when I say it can be quite um, invigorating and, and quite um, fulfilling for people the moment that they start doing it intentionally, yeah. You mentioned, Debbie, that well. um, a lot of, you mentioned that most roles in assist, people get the opportunity to to shape, shape their role, how they want to um, perform it. What do you think are the risks for, the org for organisations that don't take that approach? Well, I think... I think in organisations, it comes back to something that Charlotte said earlier. I think at the moment, there is a lot of movement. Um, there's a lot of people thinking, I want actually to live my life and my work life in the way that really works for me. And obviously, there's a well-being angle, but there's also a, a personal choice angle to that. So my take on it is organizations I, I saw a ceo of an organization the other day being very dismissive of hybrid working you know working partly at home 
And I thought, I wonder how the people who work in your organisation feel about that. And of course, the big risk at the moment is that they will just move somewhere else to find that. And, and a number of people who, you know, I know sort of professionally and personally have said, if I don't feel my organization's listening, then I'm probably going to move to one that does. So there's a huge amount of risks for organizations because if you've got a team that is full of really good people who are bringing the skills that you want, plus some additional skills, there's a massive benefit there. Lose that or lose part of that and you have a huge risk. And, you know, let's face it, the disruptive effect for an organization could be huge, couldn't it? So yeah. anyway, I, I think this has been a brilliant introduction to job crafting. I know there's a lot more we could talk about, but um, for time reasons, I do have to bring us to a close. So Charlotte, any last final thoughts that you want to share with us? I'll just say um, for anyone curious about or interested in trying job crafting, um, please just just give it a go. Just spend five or ten minutes looking into it. Of course, I would direct you um, to, to the Taylor Thinking website, but there's lots of helpful kind of resources and information about there and just um, see what it can do for you and then and then spread the word. Brilliant. And, and how about you, Tina? Any final thoughts for any BAs thinking at job crafting? Yeah, I think... It doesn't have to be something that you that you make a big deal out of, that you have to get permission for or write a business case about. You can just decide, I'm going to arrange a lunch and learn, or I'm going to see if anybody wants a, a new starter, wants a buddy. You can think of small ways that are going to make an impact for you and contribute to your team and just get on and do them. Brilliant. Well, thanks very much, both of you, for talking about job crafting today, which I think is a really, really relevant subject for our times. Very, very, very behind it. And thanks, everybody, for listening to this podcast. And if you, our audience, have any ideas for subjects you'd like us to talk about or to answer questions about, then please do let us know by emailing us on babrew at assistkd.com. Thanks very much.